All right. You want to start with intros? Justin, how was your weekend? Hi, Nick. <laughs> You're just going to go right into it. Not even going to say hello. Hi, well, it's so nice to see you. I thought we were going to do, our, do record our intro at well, the end. That's Yeah, that's the end, but I'm just saying hi. <laughs> oh, all right. This well, is starting off fantastic. Hi, Nick. How are you? I do like, I'm so well. How are you? I'm good. Sitting in my Have childhood we... bedroom. Oh, same. I did. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Well, you don't have a bunk bed though. So you're one above me. I can't move <laughs> this thing until my parents move out of the house, which is probably not for another 10 years or so. Do you still sleep in a top bunk? I'm really interested in that. <laughs> I never did actually. I did once like the first night I got it. And then I tried to make the bed the next morning. And I was like, this is not it. This is for the birds. So I moved down to the bottom, which is a full size bed. Cause it's kind of like a loft bed. It's not like the typical bunk bed where it's like the two stacked on top of each other. They're almost like they're not connected. There's just like a lofted bed, kind of like Drake's from Drake and Josh. And then there's a bed underneath it. Did someone ever sleep in the top bunk? Cause you only have a sister and I don't imagine you shared rooms. Um, did we did up until we were 17. No, I'm kidding. Um, we, uh, no. <laughs> no. All throughout high school. Yeah, no, we never shared a room. I just, I don't know. I wanted a bunk bed and I really liked this one. And I think my mom was, you know, feeling renovating if that's a word so my sister and I switched rooms and made them more mature and by mature I mean you know eighth grade or fifth grade at the time because and yeah so no no one ever slept there except for like you know sleepovers slumber parties yeah yes mm. <laughs> were you the Looking first back, one to I... sleep or the last one to sleep in a slumber party or I'm not gonna call I a slumber would... party would it be five <laughs> when you had sleepovers were no, you 23 and 21 but or 22 no 21 i'm 21 soon to the be end of the month we're gonna celebrate yes. me oh I never we really will do that um uh i forgot what we were saying um no i act five so that's there's that but <laughs> that's all right um you asked how my weekend was i think and or then I somehow we started and we, we and then somehow we started about talking about our bedrooms no. no, I am not a top. I will tell you that right now. Oh. I am the bottom bunk. We're going to cut that. We're going to keep that in. We'll decide. I was post. talking about bunk beds. I oh, don't know okay. What you're talking about. My mind is in the gutter, clearly. Mm-hmm. Happy Monday. Happy we Monday. <laughs> um, so, how was your weekend? My weekend. My weekend was good. Um, I spent the weekend with my entire dad's side up in my New Hampshire, my uh, family's New Hampshire house on Lake Sunapee. Um, We usually, we used to do that every year. Last year we didn't because, you know, pandemic and such, but um, it's always a chaotic weekend, but it's always a fun weekend. Um, So it was nice. I I was really tired last night because once everybody left, you know, we scrubbed the house Um, and just entertaining and stuff, but it was really fun. How about you? That's good. That's nice and positive and uplifting. I was going to say I applied for a job and I'm not going to get it. Welcome to Point of Dew. I'm Justin. I'm Nick. 
and today we're going to be talking about what it's like to graduate during a pandemic, the glorious period between college and employment, finding self-worth in transition, going on interviews, and the toll virtual work can take on mental health. Justin, let's talk about things from our point of view. Why do you say that? Where's your confidence? Um, it in the interview, to be honest, it was with a bank. It was a marketing coordinator position, and I went in really confident because. So I wait tables. I will let's just tell the viewers that I wait tables, and I got one of the hosts came up to me one night and was like, "There's a woman on the phone who said you that she had you three weeks ago," and my first reaction was, "Oh shit, what did I do?" Um, but she was like, "No, she said you had you were talking about being a marketing student and." To be honest, I don't remember talking to this woman. Um, I apologize if she ever hears this, but I don't remember talking to her. But I got on the phone with her um, and she was like, hi, I have a marketing coordinator position open at the bank I work at. I know you said you were a marketing student. Would you be interested? And I was like, wow, I am just the greatest that someone (laughs) remembered me. And then I walked into the interview. I honestly thought I did a really good job. Um, And then they said, okay, you know, we'll call you. They even, they were like, you would be, really good for this position. We'll call you on the week of the 19th for the next steps. And I was like, okay, great. So then the HR woman comes in and she's like, wants to talk about benefits. I'm like, this is- And this interview so was well. in person? This was in person, yes. I was like, wow, okay. this is going so well. Then, yeah. So, and then she starts talking, she was like, did, did the um, interviewers talk to you about next steps? Next steps? I was like, yeah. Um, they said they have a few people left to interview next week. They will- get back to me on the week of the 19th. And she goes, oh yeah, they have some internal applicants to to um, to interview. I was like, oh, there, there I go. I'm out of here. See you later. Um, I just think that why wouldn't you hire someone that's already within the company? I was an internal applicant um, when we worked together in campus ministry, when I switched roles and I ended up getting that. And like, yes, I know the office. I know, you know, what it's like. So I think that you know, just based on my luck and the way your early 20s really go. Um, I don't think I got it. So look, we have our first trope. How many jobs can Nick not get? Um, <laughs> we'll keep you updated on that one. If I get it, I'm prepared to eat these words. We can replay what I'm talking about right now in our next podcast if I get that job. And then you can find a new co-host. No, I'm kidding. I will stay on this because this is way more fun than being at a bank. This is fun. I know I'm, you know, I was a biopsych major, biology and psychology, interdisciplinary major. People always ask, what the hell is that? Well, well, I'll get into that at some point, but I'm not going to get into it now. (laughs) But this is fun. I've never thought I'd be doing a podcast, um, but this is fun. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you, though, why did you want to do a podcast? So the other day I was talking to my friend, Justin, and he said, do you want to do a podcast? And I said, yes. So and you're saying I sat that if down this in goes... this chair and I started spewing the bullshit that I do off camera. And here we are. So you said that if this goes well, I bear all the responsibility, but if this goes poorly, I also bear all the guilt. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. If it goes poorly, we'll go down together. Don't worry. Um, but you know, I really, 
I realized that I only said negative things and when you asked how was your weekend. So I will counter it with a positive. I got a $60 tip last night at work. That was fun. Ooh. Yeah. That was you good. on campus. No, what can I say? Well, I'm assuming that you know how to, or people tip you well, just because you've been doing what you've been doing for how long? You know, you've moved, you've Do moved I have up to in answer the company. That? Six years. No, you've, you've moved <laughs> up years. in the company. <laughs> no, honestly, I will say this to anybody that's listening. I don't, like, I love the restaurant interest industry. And I say this all the time. If it paid my student loans, I would be, I would stay in it. And I want to stay in it when I get a full-time job. I want to continue to pick up on the weekends. It is good pocket money. So it's, and it's very um, disciplined. Like you have to be on it. You have to be on really for however many hours your shift is six or if you're on a double 12 like you have to be on and I'll talk more about what your server wants you to know later in, a, in another episode I don't want to scare you too you much know, I've never waited or any or worked in a restaurant or anything like that but I would also imagine too it helps you with like one customer service in any yeah. business and two just kind of like you know everyone goes out to eat so it's also like whether if you're having a bad day and you go out to eat and you're just deciding to be rude to like a waiter or waitress or you know someone in a restaurant like it kind of helps you empathize with someone who's in the customer service industry or the um restaurant industry Um, yeah i've heard that i feel like i've heard a lot um everybody should wait tables at least once in their life i mean i don't have a strong opinion on it i just wish people would be nicer i had one i was standing up at the host desk and I had one woman, wasn't even my table. She like leans in and goes, that Pinot Grigio was terrible. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Have a good day. She was, <laughs> and then her friend was like, you too. I was like, thanks. Like, just, you know, try and let it go in one ear. Because like, what am I going to do? I am a server. Do you, I'll go tell the manager. They're not going to do absolutely anything. I promise you. Um, and that's just how it goes. What are we going to order a different uh different brand of Pinot Grigio because this one lady didn't like it. Like, and just the delivery was not it, the way she said it. It's like, are you trying to ruin my day? Like what, you just lost the customer. Okay, good. I I don't think I've ever been like, oh darn it. Also, I'm not gonna name the restaurant that you work at, but like, I feel like if you're gonna go to that restaurant, don't order wine, order beer. (laughs) That is true, that is true, that is true. Um, And yeah, no, that's true, but, um. Wow, I've been so negative today. Can you tell I had a great weekend? Let's do, all right, here's something. Let me tee you up here. Before we got one on air here, we talked about how, it's funny, we're both new to podcasting and obviously we are all very familiar with Zooming and video chatting and all that stuff. But I did my hair, you did your hair in preparation for this. This might just be an only, you know, a solely an audio experience for listeners. But yeah. I did my hair, let me tell you, I did my hair, you know, the messy way that people intentionally do it on Instagram nowadays. I did that. I also, no, I didn't shave. I can't take credit for that, but I put on my, I will listen mental health t-shirt. Although to be honest, it's really them that are listening because it's a podcast, but that's beside the point. But let's be honest. We both look great. Let's you just can't put see us, line, but we look You will listen. Yes. Subliminal messaging. You yes. will listen. Period. Period. <laughs> um yeah that is it that was yeah we look great well if we ever publish this on youtube you know years down the line or you know if at one of our weddings one of us will just put it up at the reception and completely mortify us you know that yeah, can happen too. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be your reception 
will for sure be your reception. You don't think you're going to get married? <laughs> I would love to. That's two different questions, though. Yeah. Um, mm. what, so but, you think uh, I'm going to be more embarrassed by this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying that you'll probably get married first. But who knows? You never know. Who knows? But this is around the time of the show that we would start introducing our first guest. Or our, if we have a guest, we do not have a guest for this episode. Listen, we need to get a first listener, and then we'll talk first guests. Although technically, <laughs> would you consider Dan stuff. our first listener? Would you consider Dan our first listener? Dan. Well, let's introduce Dan. Dan. Dan is in the virtual control room. He's our producer. Um, for our podcast and um we appreciate him he's always listening to all of our antics so we appreciate him um and look all of a sudden yeah. we have our first listener all right we'll have beyonce next week as our first guest no um <laughs> i'm kidding um we'll have her sister um solange solange yes i was i was looking for her name that was where the awkward pause came in we have to start small <laughs> beyonce was busy no, Solange, I've heard is really good. I've heard she's she's really good. Poor Solange. <laughs> I just want to point out that the um, audio, or I'm sorry, the closed captioning, which we love, we love accessibility, just translated poor Solange to porcelain. So that's where we're going right Sounds now. Sounds right. That's how, yeah, you know, you know. All right. So no guests All right, today. Nick. No guest today, but we do have an interesting conversation. We hope you will enjoy. Um, we want to talk talk about you know Nick and I being recent college grads. Um, Nick graduating in 2020 when everything went to shit, and he didn't get spring semester and didn't get his um, all of his senior. Well, I'm not gonna say all of his senior events because I think that was personally. I, I think that was us. you got half your senior events. You just didn't. You get got your, none of yours. Your commencement. You know, I didn't get any. But we'll right. get into that. Um, so we and wanted to talk about what you're referring to. Like... Sorry, I just want to say what you're referring to. You graduated in 2021. I don't know if we said that. You graduated. A, I was a yes. year before him, so he got his entire senior year knocked out of the park um, by COVID, and I got half of mine. Um. Yes. Although you know, Loyola decided to, you know, in the fall we were virtual, but then in the spring we went back, which was still nice to be on campus and stuff. But we wanted to discuss, you know, what life is like in this kind of time of your life during this wonderful time of a COVID pandemic, um, along with everything else. Um, and so, Nick, want to talk? Just talk a little bit about what you experienced in spring of 2020 when everything shut down and what you got like you know I can talk from my experience but being a senior in 2020 what that was like yeah of course okay so I will start let's start June, January 2020 listen I love Sour the album by Olivia Rodrigo just as much as anyone else and I love what it's done for people in their teens but I'm 23 just graduated and I hate to break it to her but it's still brutal out here. Um, none of us know what we're doing. And a lot of us are unemployed, just given the fact that we graduated when jobs were wiped off of Indeed. And the only things that were left were pyramid schemes, which I found out very quickly and did not buy into. But I will be completely honest and never do this, but I have left my share, fair share of interviews mid-call. Once you start talking to me about buying into your company and how you've made over six figures at only 24, 
I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go do something else. Anything else? <laughs> my dog's barking. I have to go take her out. I'm gonna go help my. I'm gonna go help the elderly. I'm gonna do anything but buy into your company. <laughs> wow. How is it? How is it like emotionally when they sent us home, and you were just like. Did you realize at that point? Because so to to for more uh, background, Nick and I uh, are graduates of Loyola University Maryland, and our spring break in 2020 was like the first week of March, and then we came back for two days, and then on that Tuesday they said we're shutting down because of COVID. Um, for two weeks, everyone has everyone has to go home for two weeks, and then we'll bring you back, and then that extended the to to flatten the two weeks to flatten the curve, and then. They said we'll bring you back after Easter, and then they said we're not coming back. Um, yes. So when we first got sent home, you know, I know how I felt being a junior, just got back from studying abroad because I studied abroad in the fall, being back on campus um, for the first time again in the spring. I'd what was it like for you? I'd love to hear about you? that. I would let me just say I'd love to hear about your experience coming from back from abroad onto onto your regular campus because that is something that I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people at Loyola experience, and I've heard it's it's not the best time coming back, um, but you had an additional um, hard like hurdle there, whereas you came back for two months and then you left. So you're kind of mourning your, you know, abroad experience, and then you get back to something that you're not even super excited to be back to, and then you have to mourn that. So we can talk about that in a bit, but your question, my question, your original question for me was what um was I thinking when they told us that they were sending us home I personally was like okay we're not coming back in two weeks but I didn't think we weren't coming back this was you know unheard of that there was just an illness in my lifetime it was unheard of that like school would stop because of an illness you know like and that we were okay and this was a world thing it wasn't just one school so I was like okay we'll probably come back like after Easter when I got the email that we weren't coming back I was kind of like, to be honest, I don't, not that I didn't believe it, but it didn't feel real. So I didn't really have any emotion. I was like, oh, all right, well, we're finishing virtually. And to be fair, I was in Florida quarantined with my two roommates at the time. We were looking for an yeah, apartment. Yeah, you had so it I had made. Been, I'm just going to say, say for, I mean, as, as far as things go, being forced home, you kind of had it made because you, you know, in Florida, a place that wasn't your own, had a pool and all that stuff. Like that was, that, that is true. <laughs> It was a nice, it was very nice, and I'm very appreciative to um, my friend's parents who allowed us to stay together while we searched for an apartment virtually in Baltimore. That was wild, too. We were going on virtual FaceTime tours with landlords of apartments in Baltimore where we wanted to live. Because you and you and your friends were planning on Yeah, moving, Rachel and Elizabeth. Planning on moving together, in together in Baltimore, right, post-graduation. Yes. So we stayed together in one of their... Um, Elizabeth's parents live in Florida so we stayed in their house which was supposed to be for two weeks and then we got stuck there really and stuck is a very strong word because it was really paradise but we just there weren't flights home so we were living out of suitcases I brought two weeks of clothes um so which was fine I just rotated them but um it was it was really nice. I have to say I'm super grateful for where I was and the fact that I was with friends because a lot of people couldn't do that. With that said, I was going through probably the worst mental health period of my life. So it was also the worst time in my life um, while I was in Florida. And it had nothing to do with being there at all. It just had to do with 
the, the two things could coexist. You know, I was going through some really bad um, mental health issues and I was in Florida and it just goes to show you that you can have like, you know, you can have a really great thing going and still feel miserable. So mental health is really important. Something I'm passionate about. Um, I really think the hardship of the pandemic started happening for me in terms of like jobs once I got home and started applying. That was when it really, you know, it's like- When was that? When was that, to be honest? I don't know. Um, I got home, well, I went to, we moved to Baltimore. Um, I, like I said, was going through a hard time. So I stayed for about a month and I was like, I can't do this. So I then moved home to Massachusetts where we both live and was paying for the apartment for a year. I was locked into a year lease. Um, I was paying everything from utilities to, which was, you know, I, like I said, I understand I signed the contract and I wasn't going to leave my friends high and dry. So I was high and dry. So I was good for the money and I paid, you know, I paid what I needed to, but it was a blow when I was throwing literally 700 plus dollars a month into a whole monthly. So that was, you know, hard. Um, but I was waiting tables. I was making the money. Like I said, you can make good money. Um, doing that while I was applying for jobs, but nothing was hiring, as I mentioned. So that was really tough, you know, and rejection, you know, you're told you get out of college with a degree, oh, go to college so you can get a good job, which I do believe you can get a good job without college. But I personally wanted to have that, you know, security um, blanket or that safety net. So I did go. Um, and it's really sad right now, especially right now what a bachelor's degree can't get you like to I, if I'm just being honest like I have indeed premium for a month because I subscribe uh, or I did their free trial and you can see who's applying to the other position or to the positions that you are and you can't you can't see their names but you can see their degrees there are people applying with master's degrees to entry-level positions and that's just because people are getting laid off during the pandemic and everyone's trying to get a job so companies really have their cream of the crop. And of course, they're not going to pick the just out of school college student. And I, why would they? Like, I kind of understand as much as it sucks for us. I understand. So yeah, that is that is difficult right now. You don't, it is not just you graduate college and then you get out, get a job. I honestly, I call it the bachelor out of paradise period in between <laughs> college and, and um and getting a job and we all go through it most of us go through it i don't know i would people. i would say that that's also really interesting because as someone who is like a stem major i find that like you can you can't do much with a bachelor's degree in stem but business i feel like you can do more things like not just business like business as a field like you know yes. marketing finance you know accounting whatever i feel like you can do more with a with a bachelor's degree in those fields versus like stem because i feel like your bachelor's degree in science like i you know i mentioned i was a biopsychology major so i graduated like i took classes in the biology department took classes in the psychology department as well as other places right you were um, smart you know liberal arts school Woo. um Ow! but like you know even in psychology you know, you can't really do, because you can't sit in on a therapy session, or you can't sit in, like, you can be a research assistant, but if you want to just be, you know, a licensed certified counselor, or psych, uh, well, you can't, technically, you can't call yourself a psychologist unless you have a PhD, but we'll get into that, I'm sure, um, but if you just want to be a therapist, or, um, you know, you can't really shadow anyone with a bachelor's degree, you can participate, you know, like at Loyola, for instance, they had a PsyD program 
and a master's um, in mental health counseling. So their graduate students as an undergrad, you could participate in their helper helpy sessions where they're training to be a therapist. And so you could be the help B where you're, you know, in kind of like a fake therapy session and they're doing stuff, but that's really it. Um, I mean, it's, so it, it's really interesting. I feel like it almost leveled the plan. The co well, COVID in so many ways leveled the playing field, but also, you know, keeping into account different disparities that it affected other communities more than others. But in many ways, I feel like it, I don't know, from what I'm hearing from you, you being a marketing major, it kind of, you know, you maybe could have gotten a, a position had there been a normal year with a marketing yes. bachelor's, but then yes. since so many people were being laid off, it just kind of like saturated the field of people who were looking for jobs and it just made it that much harder. Yeah, I agree, honestly. I think that, you know, they told us at school, okay, marketing, because I am, my official um, degree is business administration, but my specializations or concentrations, I have two of them were marketing and management. So they told us, you know, marketing jobs usually open up around April, you know, start putting feelers out, but don't be discouraged if you're not seeing anything. Like I said, they move, they start to open up in April. April really never came in 2020. Like it just didn't. We stopped <laughs> in March and then we woke up. I don't even there know was if a we're joke. awake yet. Are we awake there, yet? Like there was a joke I had when I moved back home in March of 2020 and I had it with my mom and we'd wake up every morning and we'd be like, hey, mom, it's still March. It's still March. It's still March. It just felt like it lasted forever. And then April 1st, we literally like I I swear we probably should have popped champagne because we we're like, it's April. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like it's still March. It's like March 465th, 2020. I was talking with our, um, our friend Ryan about this too. Like, how do you make friends after college? Like, I feel like when like you're growing up, <laughs> you're growing up, you're growing up, right? How'd you make your friends? Well, before school, you're, it would be the kids of your parents' friends that you were friends with. And then when you were in school, it was just kind of like by association. And then you kind of get into high school and college and, you know, go mature and figure out who you are and all that stuff and you make friends with people who are who are attend your school who have similar interests I mean you know you and I met in campus ministry because we we're interested in that type of stuff and then like I feel like you just have to work that much harder when you graduate because you don't have those structures in place to like like this these past couple of months since graduating in May I've been trying to figure out okay like where does my, what outlet, how do I like, I need to formulate my thoughts here. How do I, you know, where's my outlet for faith? I am trying, am I going church shopping in my area, trying to figure out, you know, where's, what, is there a parish that has that community? Or like, where's my, um, I have a passion for social justice. Like what outlet in the, in the real world can I like use to like be that? It could be the parish, could be somewhere else. Um, I'm a tennis player. So I feel like, and like, I'm, should probably get a membership at a tennis club but I feel like you have to work that much harder and it's just life that's what life is but like you know I'm I'm currently unemployed I mean I'm we're actually uh, kind of unemployed there's kind of a caveat there Nick is talking about you know your job searching and like I was talking with Ryan he's like you know I'm not really making friends at my job so like I feel like you know it's a common misconception that you make friends at your job and maybe that's true but like how true is that I mean 
you know, I guess it depends on where you work, but. So I make my friends by super liking people on Tinder. No, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> I, I will say in my job, I, my friends, a lot of the people I hang out with right now are at my job, but I think that comes with being in the restaurant industry. And also I feel I've like been that's more of a social years. environment. Too. It is for sure. For sure. And I've been there for six years. So yeah, there aren't a lot of people left from that time. And like, there is a lot of turnover um, in the restaurant industry and at our restaurant specifically, but I really, you know, that's all I had had for a full year because I, that was the only, that was my social life was going to work. That was where I was getting my energy from. So I got closer with the people at work, but I, I understand that that is not the situation or the case for um, every person. You just gave an example of Ryan who said he's not making friends at his job and he's an engineer, right? So yes, I don't know what his job is. Like. I don't even know. I, for the long time, I was like, what does an engineer do? I know they're smart. I know I get, they get paid a lot of money and I know they like come up with things, but like, what is his actual day-to-day life do? We need to have him on um, to talk about. He could explain it better day. than this, but in my conversation with him, he's been like, he's been doing a lot of training stuff, stuff still. And then um, he's been doing like some um, field, like repair stuff um, for their like con- the people they have contracts with. Um, but he'd be able to talk about it more. Um, I always say to you know Dan, who's also an engineer, Dan and Ryan, that I don't speak. I'm a literate in engineer. <laughs> I don't speak it. Oh. I don't know how to talk about it at all. I can talk about certain things, but it's like I just said he makes things so. Yeah, I, I said come up. He comes up he's with like, things. He's training to be one of Santa's elves. Yeah, um, there you go. There you go. That's <laughs> where we're gonna. We're just gonna leave that there, um, and we'll let Ryan come on and defend himself. Um, but I do later. think it depends on how what type of job you have and how social of an environment you have. Because if you're in a cubicle job, and let's talk about too with the pandemic, so many people are remote. Like I was yes. talking to someone the other day who plans on being. Um, like working for an architecture firm and their schedule when they start in a couple of weeks they they're remote monday friday and then they're in person tuesday wednesday thursday which is nice because you know if you don't have a lot of work to do on monday or friday you can kind of start your weekend earlier extend your weekend but like with that remote aspect if you're just starting out in the workforce how do you make friends with your colleagues if you're working from home full-time and if employers are continuing to do that how do you even get to know the people you're working with? honestly you don't like that I, if i'm being completely honest if you're completely virtual like that i think it's so hard that's honestly what i talk about with like dating apps too i know they're s- separate but like i can't date my phone and that's what i feel like i'm doing when i'm talking to someone on tinder or on you know snapchat or whatever it's like you are literally having a relationship with your phone and i know you're trying to get it to go further but you can only ask so many things over your phone before it's like okay like this feels like i'm talking to a, a screen which you really are um i think it's yeah, hard no, to get to know people for sure like is, but like because is, you and i have an established that. friendship we can right. zoom and it's like okay right but yeah it's definitely hard to like that getting to know you process is like yeah exactly it's not there it's not there you I I think you put it perfectly there the getting to know you part really doesn't exist online or digitally 
if you're looking for that to happen. I've made friends online, actually. I'm in, so I, I'm a big fan of the show Big Brother, and it's a competition show. If anyone knows what that is, we can talk about it a different time. But it's, I'm in a group chat. I've been in it for a year now where we play the game, actually, and one person gets voted off each week. And thankfully, I'm still there. Um, but That's kind of fun, but it's so cool. It is, it is really cool, but I don't... I was never trying to meet people there. You know, we were there to play a game and they were strangers. I knew one of them from Loyola and she put me in this group of people I didn't know. We just started playing the game and now I've gotten to know them a little bit, but like I wasn't trying to. So I think it can happen if you're not trying to make it happen. But if you go on, you know, online and try and become friends with the intent of I'm going to become friends with this person, I think it's much harder personally. Yeah. I'm talking dating, work, anything, friends. I agree. I just hope that employers and businesses, I mean, you know, I feel like businesses are just think about what will make them the most money. And honestly, not having to pay rent on a work, physical workspace and having people work from home might make them more money. I don't know. I'm not a yeah. businessy person, but I really hope that businesses prioritize or employers prioritize. Um, just a social aspect of work, not only just yeah. productivity, but like, you know, the, the social aspect of going into an office, seeing other people. Sure. You might have your own office. You might have your own cubicle or whatever, but like socializing, I feel like is so important. And we lost that this last year. And, you know, I'm extroverted. I'm extremely extroverted. And so what that means is I just get a lot of energy from and get a lot of joy out of, um, talking to people and when that's gone I like am like what do I do now who's the next person I can talk to and like texting just doesn't right. do it for me right so yeah I, don't know, I feel for these people yeah I agree I so I would what I would say in response to that is I hope jobs prioritize the choice to be able to work because like understandably yeah. it's going to save the money to have people working from home. And also, like I said, for accessibility reasons, I mean, I've been seeing people um, with disabilities posting online how this is what they needed all along, but they weren't getting that option because it was- The choice to work from home or- The choice to work from home. They were forced to either come into the office or not get the position because able-bodied people were, you know, were going, like it was just the standard, you go into work. But now that able-bodied people couldn't go into work, then the rules changed. So I think that like the, it should be a choice also just for people that have, you know, kids and like need to be home. I'm not saying every job can be done at home and then, you know, you can't be parenting and, you know, working from home at the same time necessarily with every job. But I just think I would love for the choice to be given to, and I think it's honestly a sign of respect for your employees too, to be given the choice. It's like, we trust you enough to be working at home. You can't, we do have an office space if you'd like it, like there are ways around it where they could still save money. Like nothing is black and white. And I'm going to say that probably on every episode of this podcast, nothing is black and white. And that is probably the most controversial, but also liberating, um, scary, but true human concept. I and we're not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with it, but humans love putting things in boxes and that's just how we are. Um, and just life is gray and the world and- is gray though. It, yes, and we don't like to admit it to ourselves, to other people, but that is a truth. And we just, you know, the more you lean into it, the more you 
you know, see see it for what it really is. I and I think right. it makes you less negative. I know it just I think so. We can get more. I will definitely talk more about the gray area um, in later episodes. Yeah, no, it's true. Go ahead. I thought of something else when it comes to respect for your employees that I wanted to talk about. Um, not saying that I was an employee of this company, I was just an applicant, but I did apply to a company that they were hiring for um, marketing coordinator and I really, really was interested in the job. And I had all of the qualifications that they listed. I'm not, you know, I'm saying that objectively. I'm not saying it. I was so good for this job. Like, I'm not saying it like that. I just, I checked off the bullets that they listed on Indeed. Um, I had the interview. I thought the interview went really, really well. I practiced for it. The woman and I really got along well. She was, um, we just, the, the interview was supposed to be 30 minutes. It went an hour and 15. So I was like, okay, I think that's a good thing. I showed interest in the position um, after the interview. Like I, I wrote my thank yous. I contacted, you know, a week later saying I was just following up and no, no response, nothing. No, like I didn't even get, I friended the person on LinkedIn. I, I um, sent an invitation to connect, got nothing. I sent them an email just because I wanted them to get the thank you letter because honestly that's like proper um, interview etiquette if, if any of you aren't sending out thank you notes or letters or emails then that's like you're putting yourself in a disadvantage that's just something I've learned from my experience interviewing but so eventually I get an automated response saying we've decided to go um, with someone whose experience is more closely aligned with the position and the fact that it was automated after I had just given the time to interview and don't get me wrong, she had given me, you know, the time to interview me. So like, I, I'm grateful for that. But the automated response thing, like that doesn't make me want to, you know, even engage with your company anymore, really. Like, I just think, I, I just think it's disrespectful to the applicant. Honestly, I would have preferred, I, I'm not asking for a phone call. I'm not asking to get the job. But like, I'm honestly just asking like, a, you know, a message something like I feel like when you send an automated response like that, no matter how many applicants you have, you're kind of hiding behind the screen. Like I put There's, my vulnerability I have a question. out there. Did yeah. they say your name in the automated response? No. So I don't think so. They might've, they might have, which is like a little better. But so that's, that's a big reason why I chose Loyola over other schools, because I think Loyola does a really good job of, cause I feel like, you know, applying to jobs is like applying to colleges in, in a sense, or rather applying to colleges is like applying to jobs. Um, but a big reason why I chose Loyola is because their admissions team did a really good job of making me feel like Loyola wanted me because I feel right. like in the, in the college admissions process, you're at first. It's the schools kind of recruiting you to apply and then you apply and then it's, the, you know, the school's still recruiting, but it's like, why, why does the school want me? Like specifically me. Um, Our money. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like Loyola did a really good job of like, um, you know, what can what can we do for you? But, or what can you do for us? But what can, what can we, we do for you? We both fulfill the diversity can, quota. Say it again? Yeah, so yeah. We both, yeah. we both fulfill the diversity quota. Here I am, biracial student. No, I don't think so. 
Um, just although no, that's, a whole, that's a whole that's a whole other topic we can get it into. It is, but, but <laughs> I, I don't. They think do a really good job. I was just throwing in a joke. They really I, do. No, I I think they do a good job. They they're or I'm, or they've they've grown. They've grown. Yes, and they and they are trying. And are, are yeah, and that's more than yeah. other schools can say, I think. But um, what I was saying is they did a really good job of like kind of personalizing their admission stuff and uh, personalizing their accepted students days. Um, and sure. you know that's what I took. I agree. I think I think it can be kind of a cutthroat world out there in terms of applying for jobs. It can feel super like intense because like you feel like yeah. I'm applying for this job. Everyone's probably applying for this job, or like you've LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever says you know like nine applicants also already applied, and it's like yes, you should apply. And it's like ah, um, it's like a hundred plus applicants have already applied on some of them, and that doesn't. I mean, that is what it is. And I'm glad that they're getting so many applicants. But like, if you think of your odds, it's like, God. Right. It's intimidating. Um, yeah. But like, I, I think employers though, should try and like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this will ever happen, but I feel like, you know, me being me, being the optimist that I am, like employers should make it a pleasant experience to apply for a job and not like. <laughs> I agree. I, agree. I feel like I ever they, want, they want quality employees and I think you want a quality employer. Right. And I, if I were to ever run my own company or ever work in HR, my goal would be transparency as much as possibly allowed. Like, and I held that woman who interviewed me, who was very nice. I did hold her accountable to the um, automated message. I was like, I did not just, you know, put my vulnerability out there um, to get this for you to be able to hide behind an automated response. So I reached out to her again and said, um, you know, good afternoon. As I now know that I didn't receive the position, I was just wondering if there's any feedback you have for me that I could improve upon for my next interviews. I regret that we won't be working together, but I appreciated your time. Thank you. And she did respond to me. And it was a personal email. Um, it wasn't automated, but just because I, I truly, I wanted to, first of all, I didn't, I wanted, you know, an explanation um, just so I can improve. Like I really did want feedback, um, but also I want this to be in, you know, at least for us to respect each other, you know, as a part, as two parts of the application process. Um, and she basically said, you have excellent interviewing skills. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you and we wish you the best of luck in the future, which is like, thanks, but I still didn't get that feedback that I was looking for. Like I genuinely wanted to use what I did wrong. And it could have just been, like I said, that there was someone that was older than me, like, or has more experience. Yeah, it could or have been qualifications more. maybe. Absolutely. Um, but with that, like, I really did want to know just so I could say, okay, so this did work and I can use this next time, or this didn't work, maybe I should change this. And I will say, honestly, this is just a side note, but for anyone that thinks they're not good at interviewing, I sucked less than a year ago. And it was from, no, but honestly, it was from just going on interviews that I got so much better. I did have two internships, um, but I had those two internships when I was interviewing the at the beginning when I didn't do well. So it wasn't really experience. I mean, it was, I was gaining experience because I continued the internships, but it was also just learning how to interview, like truly getting comfortable interviewing because during the pandemic, yeah, I had my internship, but I wasn't gaining like massive, ma I mean, I, I can't even say that, but I would just say 
continue to interview practice 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 and I know that is so overplayed but it is true because I was not confident in interviews I would freeze I had some phone interviews where I completely freeze and say oh hold on one second which is the last thing you want to say in an interview as you're like scrolling through your notes or your script or whatever you prepared or didn't prepare um but I, I that is one thing I'm very proud of is I can really interview now um of course I have nothing to show for it but that's beside the point um I think the hardest part about interviewing for me is you have to sell yourself and yes. I'm, I'm not, I like, I'm very proud of things that I've done and who I am and all these things like that. But like selling myself is like hard because I'm just naturally not necessarily, and this might sound pompous, but, and so this is ironic, but I'm not naturally a pompous person. Like I, I don't no, like not. being like, here I am. Justin is here. Yeah. Like, and that's I mean, what you have to do in an interview. Yourself. I don't want to be doing it in an interview. Um, but um no i know I, I agree part for me i agree but you really do have to go in there like i and do that um i've even thrown in before and i've said like listen i know that there's always going to be someone um with more experience and that's the case at all ages not just when you graduate college but what i bring to the table that i'm really proud of is my work ethic and my enthusiasm for what i'm doing it's really hard to find a job right now. It's even harder to find one that you connect with. And I really see my values in your company. And I resonate with the team that I'm seeing that's being presented to me. And so I do have experience in a short amount of time. There might be someone with more, but the passion that I will bring and the enthusiasm and the growth mindset and moldability that I will bring to the table and give 110% every day, because I know I'm being paid for that 110%. That is what I, that is how I stand out. And just knowing that, knowing your worth instead and being honest about it instead of being like, oh yeah, I'm the best fit, blah, 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 blah. Like everyone on the resume is detail oriented. Not a single person, there is not a single detail that gets by someone when they're talking about it themselves in an interview. They basically, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but everyone's detail oriented. But it's like, are you really? Like, know your strengths. I know one of my strongest strengths just in life is my passion for everyday things, even when they're little. Like, I get genuinely excited about the smallest things, whether it be like a sticker on a, um, when we get new like bumper stickers at work, like I'm like, these are so cool. Or designing the chalkboards. Like, I'm passionate about that and find excitement in the little things. And I don't know where the hell I was going with this, but it, <laughs> what I'm saying is true. What I'm saying, I mean, I'm speaking authentically. I just got off topic. Sell um, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I shift gears a little bit? Yes. No, of course. Go. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, I mean, you had mentioned that you have a passion for mental health. I have a passion for mental health. I want to um, hopefully at some point get a PhD in clinical health psychology. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the mental health side of uh, graduating, graduating the pandemic, but also just graduating. Um, I know personally this year, so I graduated in May. Um, it was not a, not a, normal year um as we mentioned kind of in the beginning um it wasn't the senior events that loyal usually gives were not there we didn't really get to do like celebrate and we went what we did get to celebrate um at least i celebrated with friends kind of like toward the like the last month of senior spring and so it was kind of felt like it was condensed into one month and then everybody went their separate ways and um i live in massachusetts and 
and so does Nick, but um, I went to school in Maryland. And of course, all of my friends, are, you know, went all over, you know, up and down the Eastern seaboard of United States from Louisiana, Florida, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Chicago, Montreal, you know, people went all over the place. That was just, it was a weird shift for me, um, especially being someone who was so involved at my school. Um, and so just kind of like, I, I really bought in to what Loyola um, was giving. And so for like 10 minutes or so, or 20 minutes or so, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, what that was like for you, Nick, maybe, and then and my experience. And I also want to say that um, graduation was also weird because once you graduated, once your name is said, yes, you have your degree and you're proud of like everything you've accomplished, but then all of those uh, kind of like structures, which we talked a little bit about earlier, um, about like things you've been involved in and all those people kind of like, okay, gone. And it's where like, you know, if you move in with your roommates, that's awesome. I would have loved to do that. It just didn't work out or moved in. Not didn't work out for me anyway. Don't worry. With your friends. <laughs> Don't worry. It been, didn't like, work out for me either. Great. Um, but like moving back home, it's just been like really hard for me because I moved back from my childhood home. There's nothing wrong with that. My move back with my parents, they were been very supportive. They're not like, why don't you get a job? They're like, we know you work hard. We know you've worked hard these past four years and throughout your entire time in school. Don't worry, you know, things are going to work themselves out. And I've been really blessed to have that type of support in my life. But it's just weird because now I'm back in my, you know, childhood bedroom. I'm, you know, applying for jobs on the same computer that I did high school homework assignments on. And it's very easy for me to just kind of like go back into my like high school mindset, not in like, I've done a lot of growing since high school, but so not like that, but into like, you know, I have the independence, but like, yeah, mom, you can make me breakfast. Yeah, mom, you can make my bed, do my laundry or whatever. Like, you know, it's like, you know, like that's weird going, like having that much independence in college and then moving back home has just yeah. been weird. And then that social side of things, like I said, where I'm really trying to keep in touch with all my college friends, but they're, you know, some of them are, some of them are employed and we're working full time. Some of them are not, but are doing other things and time zone differences. It's just been really interesting mental health wise. No, I totally agree. And to be honest, like both of us took school, at least in the time that I knew you, we took school very seriously for the last, I would say 16 years, our quote unquote job was being a student. And so graduating, especially so quickly as we did, not in terms of time, but just like it really, we were, you know, in school and then boom, pandemic, which has oh, been fast. the experience for many people. Um, it did feel fast, but also it's, it becomes an identity shift or an identity crisis. You were a student for 16 years. Now what? And you were someone who like, I, for one, the, I, for one, um, measured my a lot of my worth and a lot of my productivity and like um, ambition in terms of schoolwork and that is you know maybe that's fine to an extent but it definitely becomes unhealthy and then you get to you know not having school and not having a job and all of a sudden your um, your mind or you're telling yourself that okay I'm being lazy I'm not applying for 25 jobs a day like I am applying I've been on multiple interviews but 
it really is a it's a shift it's okay this is going to be the rest of my life but what am I now and who am I now like I was a student for the last 16 years and of course I wore we all wear many different hats but the big one is now being kind of ripped off of you I just got a tinder match I heard it um anyways yeah um, well I, I completely agree with that and um you know, I've been talking to my therapist a little bit and I encourage anyone to therapy. go see a therapist. You know, you don't have I to be an- to anxious, depressed or anything to see a therapist if you just want to learn more about yourself or, you know, work through a life change or have deeper relationships or whatever. You know, that's what therapy's for. Anyway, that was a yes. side note. Um, Can I just and say something, something that too? she said, no. yeah, I'm sorry, go, go, no, go. So, well, something that she said was you have to change your mindset from this like being productive is defined as how many things on my to-do list have I checked off today to how do I want to spend my day and you are not spend my day. How do I want to use my time? And if I want to use my time and just, and go for a bike ride, then I feel productive because I decided I want to go for a bike ride or do I want to, you know, when I'm feeling motivated. And she also said, give yourself a break with the um, applying for jobs thing. Cause you know, I just graduated in May and she's like, you literally just graduated. Give yourself a break. And believe me, you don't think this now, but once you're one day, you're just going to wake up and you're going to feel motivated to do it. And, you know, I have yet to reach that point, but (laughs) I I believe it's coming. Um, I feel better than I did a month ago. And so great. I'm glad to hear that. I think just kind of, kind of changing that mindset too of like it is identity crisis and it went from all right I have this homework assignment and this paper and this lab to submit but now it's how do I want to spend my time so that I feel happy with how my day went for sure it's all perspective and you know mindset like you said um putting your worth um in the hands of your job or your the amount of things you're doing each day is really setting your setup for sorry setting yourself up for failure i think that you know we're talking about oh like i i'm like miserable because i don't have a job right now okay so then you get a job and then what like you're 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 a lot of people are miserable because they put all of their, you know, worth on their job. So it's like, if you don't like your job, then you're still miserable. So what it's like, honestly, pick your poison. Do you want to be miserable on the couch or do you want to be miserable at the cubicle? And I'm not saying, you know, don't get it. That's not what I'm saying at all, but like go for the job so you can support yourself and, you know, have that structure. Like that is unfortunately the society we live in. We live in a society is, you know it's based heavily on having a job and that's just you know that's just a fact of life you know and so that's the path that many of us are on I would just say don't even when you have a job don't put all of your eggs in that basket because then you know you're living to work and I'm sorry but that is not at the end of the day what humans were meant to do we were not live we were not built to sit behind a computer or you know even, you know, we weren't built to make money, you know, but that is, that is just a fact of life now that that's what we're doing. So it's, it's a balance. Balance is huge there. Yeah, I agree. And that's definitely something that, you know, we talked about graduating. I was like, I have all these roles at Loyola. I was a campus ministry intern. I was a student. I was, you know, this, I was that. And then once my name was said, and I walked across that stage, it was, I woke up 
I graduated on that Saturday. I drove home on that Sunday. I woke up on Monday and I said, what am I now? And that was a really weird feeling. And I'm sure we're not alone in this. Um, and so oh. listeners, if you um, are, if you relate to this, um, or we hope you enjoyed really listening to this conversation. Um, we hope you'll listen to more of our episodes. Um, bear with us, this you know, the first time we're doing a podcast. Um, we're sure it will get better with time, but we thank you for tuning in at least to this episode. Um, Nick, it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. No, I genuinely really had fun too. We are getting the you know violin music telling us to wrap up our speech from Dan. <laughs> Um, but I do just want to say I, I have like I really enjoyed this as well I think you know you it's it's just so refreshing the violin music's getting louder so I'll wrap up and just say thank you for having this conversation and we look forward to you know hopefully having you listen in next week Justin do you have anything else you'd like to say that's perfect thank you everybody hey.